You're listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Hello and welcome to the Crosscheck NHL Show. Thanks for making the Crosscheck NHL Show your first listen every Tuesday and Friday. We're free and available on all platforms, now including YouTube. My name is Mary Clark, staff writer for The Win, and you can follow me on Twitter at Mary C. Clark. I'm here with Andrew Berkshire, NHL analyst for the Montreal Gazette and host of Game Over Montreal and the SDPN, and also Game Over International, who you can follow on Twitter at Andrew Berkshire. On this Friday edition of the Crosscheck, well, Canada's dominant run through the Olympics has culminated in a gold medal as the women's team has enacted its revenge on the United States. Though Canada 100% deserved to win on Wednesday night's game, USA Hockey has some serious questions to answer about their competence running a hockey team. Plus, in the men's in men's hockey news, both the, United, both the United States and Canada have surprisingly bowed out of the Olympic quarterfinals as neither country will medal this year in Beijing. Also, Sidney Crosby has 500 career goals, and of course he scored it against the Flyers, because sports is nothing but pain to me. So, Andrew, before we start off today's show, how you doing? I mean, I'll start off with an apology. Uh, we're recording a little bit late because I lost track of time. I will say that it is a legitimate excuse. I didn't fall asleep this time. We had last week in Montreal this huge thaw that happened, and we had huge banks of snow that all melted down, and then we had a snap freeze down to minus 33, which is, uh, I don't know, like minus 20 or something in Fahrenheit. Uh, so we had these huge drifts of ice all over and today it's like plus five which is i don't know what that is in fahrenheit it's warm it's above freezing and so everything's starting to melt and it's pouring down rain so everything's like flooding so i took like my garden hoe and a spade and just like created a channel to drain from our backyard and our parking lot down to where the drain is with my wife this morning after dropping off the kids at daycare and then by the time we were done i was like oh shit <laughs> i saw the message from mary I was like are you asleep again please don't be asleep again and i was like no no I'm, I'm gonna go i just gotta get out of my wet pants some of us are super busy andrew we've got I, meetings i've I got know. work we got recordings so thankfully this should be i don't know about you i don't know what your schedule is because we just jumped into this recording so i can make a meeting before you know before everything but i don't know if this is your last day of you know olympic craziness because like i said uh all right it is the same for me too because uh there were a lot of developments that happened uh and we'll start with the biggest one uh because we both predicted it but Canada did win gold in the women's hockey uh, Olympic tournament. Um, absolutely 100% deserved. Um, they were just such a good team. Uh, but I'll give the floor to you, Andrew, if you want to do some sort of victory lap, because I have a lot to say about this, uh, but I wanted to hear it at least from a Canadian perspective, because, you know, it felt this felt inevitable to me as an American. Uh, and I don't know if that felt the same to you, um, or at least, uh, you know, Canadian fans because you know you never know what's going to happen in a USA Canada game but this felt inevitable it felt inevitable when they hit the post in the first five minutes and oh God. On a wide as soon as that game. happened right like as yeah. soon as that happened I saw like 50 different people on my timeline post the picture of the the post from Sochi and the the post is a Canadian agent it's always yeah, I mean, been a Canadian agent it can't it, deny it yeah, Carpenter yeah. hit the post late in the third too, as well, I believe, or midway yeah. through the third. So, but take the your post victory was lap. doing its work. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the thing. I'm not like 
this isn't a situation I think that has happened in a lot of Olympics where there's been like more animosity between Canada and the USA for some reason this year. I don't know if it's just like what we've all been going through or just like between like the garbage that's going on here with the, the uh, quote unquote freedom rally or the like insurrection in the United States in last year. But it seems like Americans and Canadians on my section of social media are just not at each other's throats. And while the game was intense and there were some moments that got a little bit chippy, uh, Mary Philippe Poulain with a, a little bit of a knee there at the end of the game, it just didn't seem like there was that much fighting. Maybe it's because it was in the middle of the night too. And the people who were staying up were staying up because they just really enjoy watching this tournament. But it seemed like there was just this mutual respect this year. And at the end of the game, my thoughts were like, it felt the whole tournament that it was inevitable for Canada. I think this is the best team they've ever put together, both in terms of the depth of the roster and the style of play that they're putting forth. Like they just are so aggressive offensively. They're so fun to watch. I, I'm just blown away by how great they are. And there's so many good stories coming out of it. Like Sarah Nurse, the first black woman to ever win an Olympic gold in women's hockey, yeah. led the tournament in scoring, broke Haley Wickenheiser's yeah, broke record, the record like in Black History Month. It's phenomenal. And then I look at the USA and they held them to three goals. And like, yeah, sure, Canada sat back a little bit, but they actually made a game out of it when it looked at the beginning like Canada was going to run them out of the building. So I just have tremendous respect for both sides. And yeah, it's another heartbreaker for the United States. But at the same time, I think they were just shortchanged a little bit by their coaching staff this year. And Canada had so much preparation going into this time. Uh, I think they were together for two years, like this coaching staff and essentially this roster. And they've been like training, fitness training together for months during the isolation and centralization they've done. Like it just seemed like an unstoppable force and the United States wasn't quite an immovable, um, immovable object. Sorry, I'm fumbling over my words, but I, I loved it. I'm super happy for our, our women, but I have tremendous respect for our silver medalists across the border because I mean, also they lost Decker too. Right. So like, it's just, a, it was a fantastic tournament and I know that Americans are disappointed with how it went, but I, I'm, I'm proud of both sides. That's how I feel. Yeah, no, no, no. That makes sense. And, uh, it, you're right. The there doesn't seem to be animosity, at least between the fans. The players, I think, are a different story. Because did you see like <laughs> Natalie Spooner's quote where she's like, "We want to crush them or, or whenever yes. we play." And oh God, she I love was, that Spooner. And she was like, and she was very noticeable in that game last night. Like, at, like I noticed her multiple times. Ha- got like multiple scoring chances. I'm like, of course she is. As soon as like you know, she said that quote. Uh, like, of course, she was going to be, you know, fired out of a cannon. Uh, but even though the players have animosity for each other, you're right. Like, I don't know if it's the state of the world. We're in a different place mentally than we were in 2018. Um, it could have been because it was late at night. And, you know, I think we're all maybe just burnt out. I don't I don't know. I it. But you're right. Like it. It was nice that like it, it felt like for the first time I could actually like. I always have respected the Canadian hockey team's, you know, talent. But this year I was like, man, they're actually kind of likable and I hate it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Two goals and then throws out a knee. Yeah. Like, well, but she's an incredible hockey player. Probably the best, probably the best Canadian hockey player in the world. Like she's just, she shows up for big games. She scored in like 
what, every single, she scored the game winner, I think, at every single gold medal that she's won or yes. something to that effect. And she scored in every gold medal game. Yes. Seven goals in four gold medal games, three golden goals. And she's not like, I know they call her Captain Clutch, but this is just who she is. This is, is 100% who she is. And I hope Canada fans know that they are so lucky to have somebody like that on their team and are be able to root for her. And she's what, 30? I want her to retire, but I, I don't think she's going to. She's probably going to continue to play and continue to be just as good as she's always been. And I hope you guys realize how lucky you are to have somebody like that because once it's gone, you like just enjoy it because once it's gone, like, I don't know, it things could be different for Canada. Who's to say? But I mean, you guys have such great talent and you mentioned Sarah Nurse. Um, what an incredible story too. Like, I, know, I, right? I, I like... can't help but feel so happy for her to like do this on the biggest stage and, you know, win gold as the first black women's hockey player at the Olympics and like, or at least to win a gold medal. And like, you know, it, it just, it's the stories around Canada are so good. And I, I guess we'll transition to the United States because I wish the United States could match them. Uh, because like Canada was so dominant throughout the tournament. They, at least from this, this tweet that I pulled up from Alyssa tweeting, they had 57 goals from 14 different skaters. Every skater recorded at least one point. They had a 94% save percentage, a 17% shooting percentage, a 41% power play and a 90% penalty kill. They were just dominant across the board. And then you look at the Americans who have a lot of talent. Sure. They lost Brianna Decker and that was a really unfortunate situation, but I don't know if she would have, made a difference in the way this game started, at least. And we mentioned the problems with, you know, American coaching um, on a previous episode and how I was kind of concerned that there was a possibility for an upset here, um, that somebody would upset the United States en route to the gold medal game. Because I didn't think that was unfounded either. They didn't, you know, I mean, they didn't look their best. They were, you know, they had a lot of shots, like, on the outside, they weren't doing a lot in the interior. Um, their defensive game was struggling. Um, you know, their power play was abysmal. Um, there's just so many things. They benched so many players. Like, where was Jincy Dune, Grace Sumwinkle, Caroline Harvey? They all played too little. Like, I the I don't remember the name of the coach for the United States, but he shortened the bench dramatically in every single game essentially and that's not what you want to do against like against a roster as stacked as team canada's you want to bring your best players and you want to have them competing against the best and i get you know shortening the bench in situations is you know is what you do as a coach but you don't shorten a bench like that for the entire game it was frustrating to watch as an American because it felt like this team was being held back by their coaching decisions. And it almost feels like in 2018, they almost won in spite of their coaching decisions, um, which, which isn't to take anything away from that game because that was an incredible game in 2018. And it was, it was a well-deserved win and it felt really good. Um, but I mean, we're going to talk about it in with the men's tournament, but USA has a coaching problem. It 100% has a coaching and management problem. And I I hope they learn the right lessons from this because the USA and Canada are at the top of their field in terms of women's hockey. But it's clear Canada has outclassed the United States, at least in terms of you know, talent development and coaching. Well, recent I, history anyway. At least, right? yes, at recent history. But the turnaround is wild because it really felt like 
2018, like 2014 and 2018 were very like, they were, I mean, this was competitive. Don't get me wrong, but they were like, you know, they felt not to say on the footing kind of thing. Yeah. I would say like Canada in 2018 was almost in the same situation as the U S now where sure they made a game of it, but I, I think it was more on talent than strategy. And like, in that game, Canada did the same thing that, you, that the U.S. did. They essentially played three and a half defensemen that entire tournament. And by the end of it, against the United States, they were just gassed. They couldn't hold together. And the U.S. were the better team in, in 2018 because of it. I mean, Megan Mickelson was phenomenal, but playing with a broken hand, you know, and then they had three other defensemen essentially playing the entire game it's the same situation as the United States find themselves in now, except for they don't have an injury to one of their players uh, on defense that has them even worse. So like, I mean, I just saw on Twitter this morning, not to interrupt you, but I saw on Twitter this morning that goaltender Alex Cavallini had a torn MCL earlier in January and still played in big games in Beijing. And I'm not blaming her for the loss, but I think the United States left their some of their best players on the bench left some of their best players at home. Yeah. It's not like Uh, Maddie Rooney can't stop the puck. No, exactly. Like I get wanting to trust your veterans, but it just was poor decision-making all around. And I really hope they learn the lessons here because I think they will Mary, because these teams, it seems like it's always one team pushes up a little bit and then the other team goes up and they just raise each other up. Right. Because there's this constant, battle and you know canada happens to win more often at the olympics and the united states wins more at the world championships so it's just like it doesn't really matter which one is more important to you right i think the olympics gets more eyes but there's more world championships so i I think this is a situation where the united states maybe was taught a lesson just like canada was in pyeongchang maybe too many veterans not enough young players not enough speed in their game a little bit too passive a little bit too defensive Now we're going to see, I think the next tournament, we're going to see a a different United States team that takes it to another level. And then Canada is going to have to try to match that. And that's what's so fascinating about this rivalry. But can we talk about one really positive thing about the U.S. team? Yeah. Because I didn't know this until the game started and they mentioned on the broadcast. But uh, Abby Roke is the first indigenous woman to play in the Olympics for uh, women's hockey. She was incredible in this game. Mm-hmm. 10 shots on goal. I thought she was the United States best player. Maybe Hillary Knight was a little bit better, but I thought she was brilliant. 23 minutes, 16 seconds of ice time. She like every time she was on the ice, she was making a difference. And like to me, that is a fantastic story. I, I want to yeah. see more of Abby Roke going forward. Yeah, she was great. Um, she really found her stride towards the end of the tournament, I thought. But you and know, only 24 it- years old. Yeah, I mean, she's got a, you know, a long way to go in her, you know, Olympic career for sure. And that was definitely a really fun story. I I knew that coming into the tournament with all the Olympics prep I did and stuff, but it's it's a great story. It's really awesome to see, you know, women of color get, you know, get the recognition and this stage and like I said, I'm circling back to Sarah Nurskin because that's such a good story. Like It is. Like I can't be mad at Canada. They're so, they're so likable and it's just, I don't know. I I don't have the energy to be mad at them. I'm more mad at the coaching staff of the United States for, you know, hampering 
like and holding back a team that probably could have pushed Canada even more. The scoreline was 3-2 and it was closer at the end than the score suggested because you know Canada took a 3-0 lead basically halfway through the game. Uh and the United States didn't look as engaged as they should have and it wasn't until you know Hillary Knight scored that uh, penalty kill goal. Uh, near the end of the second when you know the United States really found their legs and really started pushing hard but you know I mean it was a great tournament all around no one I think is going to say Canada was undeserving they shouldn't because they were they're the best Canada team I've ever seen men's and women's like 100% this team is was flat out dominant through the entire tournament and absolutely well deserved gold medal and I just hope the United States learns their lesson before uh, 2026, or Canada's going to get further apart in this rivalry and we'll be kind of back to, you know, the mid-2000s um, in terms of, you know, where where we're at in the Olympics. But we're going to move on from the women's tournament to talk briefly about the men's tournament because I don't think any of us were expecting both U.S. and Canada to drop out of the quarterfinals in the men's tournament and not medal at all. So we're going to talk about that coming up right after this. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my re- resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy cinnamon y churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. They're going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. 100% real chocolate. It's low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High-protein, low-calorie, high-fiber, low-carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Try flavors such as mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It'll be delicious, and it will be good for you. All Built Bar. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make taste delicious first, and then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Andrew. So more Olympics talk because that's kind of the big thing that's dominated the conversation. And I would have put Jack Eichel in here, but he didn't do anything in his Golden Knights debut. And also it was happening during the women's hockey game. So I didn't get to see much of it. Uh, So we're going to bypass that because he didn't do anything notable. Still great to see him on the ice, though. But we're going to keep talking Olympics with both Canada and the United States men's teams are out of the tournament. They will not medal. They both got knocked out in the quarterfinals. The U.S. lost 3-2 to Slovakia in a shootout, um, like in the like early, early morning, late night, or wherever you are. And then Canada, the, the next morning, lost 2-0 to Sweden. Um, and there are two teams facing two different issues at, well, I guess kind of the same issue. It basically all stems back to coaching uh, because there were some decisions made. Um, but yeah, this will be a tournament that doesn't feature Canada or the U S uh, for a medal for the first time since like 2006 or something like that. 
it's been a, it's been a handful of years. This isn't the first time it's happened, but it's been a handful of years since you know we haven't seen USA and Canada in the men's tournament. Um, so, do you have any thoughts, Andrew? Did you watch the the men's game? You probably did because you're covering all of Canada. But you know, still, like, what are your thoughts from that game? Because we'll get to the United States in a few minutes. But I wanted to ask you about Canada first. I watched a bit, but frankly, uh, it was a super boring game. Uh, Canada only got 22 shots in the entire game. I think the U.S. or not the U.S. Sorry, Sweden only got 26. Canada didn't bring enough offense to the table. Like I liked some of the aspects of their roster that they brought, but overall it just wasn't that impressive of a showing. It it seemed like they didn't know what they were there for. And I don't know. I just, to me, this is much more fun because we get to see teams that we don't normally see make it this far. Like there's a possibility, a very real possibility that Slovakia could win men's hockey gold. That is so cool. I hope that's what happens. Although I'd be, I would very much settle for Finland, Sweden in the final because that's a fantastic rivalry as well. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just, I can't bring myself to care that much about the men's tournament this year. To me, for men's hockey, it has to either be like an age restricted best on best or an actual best on best, or else it just doesn't matter to me because I look at it as like the. United States and Canada, their best players are all going to be in the NHL. And everybody who's on this team is either a former NHLer who can't make it in the NHL anymore or sat out most of the year with an injury and is hoping to get a contract at a late age like Eric Stahl or Brian Gionta last Olympics. And like Russia has a bunch of actual really good hockey players from the KHL who stay in Russia. Like last Olympics, uh, Kaprizov was the guy who scored the, the gold medal winning goal. Capri- There's no Kaprizov on Canada or the United States. There's young players. That's kind of exciting. But overall, neither of them went with a full-on youth movement, which would have been much more fun. So it's hard for me to get into those games as a fan. But as an observer, I think it's far easier to get into it cheering on teams like Slovakia or Finland or Sweden who rarely or get a Denmark. chance to do this. Did, or Denmark, did, yeah, yeah. Like Denmark or Switzerland, like you know, out. not Russia, though, because I, no, I just no. I they're the heavy favorite. And also, I don't believe Russia should be able to compete in the Olympics at all. Yeah, that's a whole different conversation. There's a lot yes. of stuff about Russia. But yes, I, I agree. We digress. But uh, <laughs> Russia, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you make you make good points. I, I think I differ with you on the fact that the United States brought a lot of youth, but they didn't use them, Andrew. Yeah, where where was where was Maddie Beneers? Where was he? Where was he on uh, like you know in overtime? Like the around, you know the power play. The where was he in one. the shootout? Where was he yeah. in the shootout? United States. What are you, what are we doing here? It's the same thing. Like I said with the women's team, the United States is woefully underperforming because they cannot, they don't have the right coaching. I I don't even know who these people are that are coaching these teams. <laughs> no no offense, because isn't it David Quinn for the the united states men's i think i think so yeah and i don't i don't follow women's hockey as much as i should um because there's a lot else going on in my life but i know that the same coaching problems that followed the united states into the olympics were coaching problems they've had for at least a, a year plus now but it also you know it showed up on the men's side too like what's the point in bringing these players if they're not going to play in the big important moments, this is when you want 
your young stars to have their moment. I mean, TJ Oshi had his big, you know, TJ Sochi moment. TJ Sochi, I remember that. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. I mean, like that was like it feels. It feels like that was the last time the United States did anything positive in a men's hockey tournament, and that was like feels like forever. And is that twenty fourteen? I think so. Yeah, I mean that checks let's, out. Let's face it; that's also the last time that there was professional hockey at the at the Olympic yeah. level, right? Yeah. So, yeah. but I just it's disappointing. I mean, I had I didn't watch the game completely. I had turned it on, and then I had gone to bed when the United States was winning in the third period because you know I need my sleep. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to do. I got a lot of stuff to do, uh, and I needed sleep. I you know needed to catch up on some you know. I need to be well rested uh, for the last leg of this week uh, coming into the women's gold medal game. And then I woke up and saw the discourse and I was like, what are we doing here? Team USA. Like, I don't, what's the point? And he didn't even have any answers either. He had no real good answer for why Maddie Beniers wasn't, you know, in the shootout. It made, it made no sense. And it, it this to me, at least on the United States thing feels like hockey men going to hockey men. And yeah, it is. It's very unfortunate that, because, like, coming into the tournament, I didn't have any real hopes for the United States because you never know with the with a, a group of, like, bunch of college kids, older veterans. You never know how it's going to go. And then they surprised me by, you know, beating Canada, you know, going undefeated in the round-robin tournament and looking as strong as they did in certain respects. Uh, so I had hoped that at least make it, you know, to the medal rounds. Um, and, you know, I didn't think gold was really you know, on the table for them in terms of like just where they were at with the strength of the competition around them. But to not medal at all is such a huge disappointment after going undefeated in the round robin and beating Canada in the way that they did. I, I know that game didn't mean anything in the long run, but like you beat your biggest rival and then you don't medal out of that. And Canada also doesn't even make it to the medal rounds either. It's just a huge disappointment. And it... It sucks that USA, like USA hockey coaching is just, you know, put on a terrible show in these Olympics. Like it, yeah. it really is put a bow on it all. We can circle back to the women's tournament and the coach of the women was asked after the game about like Jinsey Dunn and shortening the bench so much. And he basically responded, you wouldn't be asking that question if we'd won, which is like, well, maybe you would have won if you didn't make the dumb decision. No, no coach gets second guess when they won. It's such a stupid deflection. And I, I had to Erica Ayala from locked on Kraken on game over international. Cause she's this morning. in, cause she's in, she's, she's in, in Beijing, Beijing covering the games. Shout out and to she her. Was fantastic on the show as you expect her to be. Mm -hmm. But she told us that apparently this coach had said like before the tournament that he didn't think it was important to practice special teams. And what killed the United States in this tournament? That, and they also didn't bring a taxi squad of yeah, all things. Oof. That I saw that coming into the games, and I was like, "There's no. This is like a Chekhov's gun situation of like I see this now, and it's gonna come back in like a very opportune moment, and you know, strike." And even though the taxi squad wasn't, you know, really needed outside of you know them, you know, needing a replacement for Decker. Um, you know, it still speaks to the incompetence of American hockey at this tournament, you know, men's and women's side. And yeah. USA just, hockey has got a long way to go. I mean, they do. The I mean, they were in charge. Yeah, they've had a long way to go for some time now, uh, but it's just incredibly frustrating to see, you know, 
like at least the men kneecapped out of a medal. The women won uh, won silver, and that is still an incredible accomplishment. Um, nothing to be you know nothing to be ashamed of. Like they didn't you know lose gold, um, and have to settle for silver. They won silver. They they absolutely played like their hearts out in yeah. the tournament, and you know it it's just disappointing i think on all levels to see what could have been had there been better coaching sure they may not have you know the men may not have won a medal and the women may not have won gold had there been better coaching but you know it still sucks that this is the dominant storyline instead of you know how fun the games were and how awesome the tournament was so we're going to move on uh from olympic hockey and we're going to talk about Sidney crosby um because I don't know, that was the only other thing I could think of, and this is just a show of misery for me. Uh, so we're going to speak on uh, Crosby scoring his um, 500th career goal coming up right after this. Hold on, let me put my Penguins hat on. Hey, hey, no, we're going to ad break now, Andrew. You can't do this. <laughs> it's ad time. All right, so football season might be over, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, and player performance props to where the next coach is getting fired uh betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs betonline remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season it's not just basketball betonline.net is your source for hockey boxing ufc odds right to the olympic coverage and information head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action betonline where the game starts all right, do you really have a Penguins hat? No, you don't. Okay, I had to no, scroll no, away no, from I, the screen for a second. All right, good, because that was going to be very disappointing. So, yes, Sidney Crosby <laughs> scored his 500th career goal. This is the only thing I could think of for this segment because it was 2 a.m. and I wanted to go to bed before this podcast. So I know that there could be other stories to talk about, but I wanted to, you know, give kudos to Sidney Crosby for, even though I don't sound like I'm giving him kudos, I absolutely am. Sidney Crosby is an incredible hockey player. It's great that he scored his 500th career goal. There was absolutely no doubt he was going to score it against the Flyers earlier this week uh, because that's just how it is. Um, Sidney Crosby has terrorized the Flyers his entire career. uh, And that goal not only was his 500th career goal, uh, it was his 50th career goal against the Flyers, which is the most uh, he's scored against any team in the NHL. Uh, it was on the, it was, in the, yeah, it was in the Penguins 50th game of the season and it happened on Yager's 50th birthday. As you know, Yarmir Yager, pretty famous Penguin. So the stars are Well, and yeah, well, he played like one season with the Flyers, but he's most known probably for his, year? maybe one or two. It was a very short time. It was great to have him there, but he's most known as a Penguin. Um, yeah. So the stars aligned completely for this to happen. And there was no way it wasn't going to happen. I knew it, you know, coming into the game, I said it on Twitter that, you know, believing otherwise is an exercise in futility uh, because that's just how it goes. If that really is just how it goes. And especially because the flyers uh, since like, you know, the pandemic started basically have, you know, done everything they've could, they've can to uh, make their friends miserable. Uh, so of course Crosby was scoring the goal on Tuesday and I'm glad he did it in front of home fans um, because I don't think he would have gotten, you know, the respect he deserves if it wasn't in front of Philadelphia fans. A, the building would have been like completely empty and B, they probably would have booed him because the season is going so poorly in Philadelphia. I know that, you know, it previously when, who was it? Did Mario Lemieux, did he like have some sort of, I don't know, this is before my time, but the Penguins, like a, a, the Fly- Flyers fans in past have applauded, you know, Penguins players for, you know, 
recovering from injuries and, um, you know, coming back from illnesses and stuff. So I'm not slighting Philadelphia fans uh, because um, I know that in our history, you know, we've done good things. But considering how bad the Flyers have been this year, I wouldn't have been surprised if there would have been so many boos for Sidney Crosby because that's just that's just the environment that's happening right now in Philadelphia. But bringing at least back to Crosby, what a career he's had. Um, It almost feels like he should have reached 500 a long time ago uh, just because how impactful he's been. Um, but you know, he's not like Alex Ovechkin, a pure scorer. He can score a lot. He's a great scorer, but he excels in all levels of the game. Um, and it was a really awesome moment. It was really funny also that Evgeny Malkin was the only one to have a primary, like he was the primary assist and the only How assist. How fitting is that? You kind of was... wish that Latang had the other assist, right? Because it's that trio that's been like the core yes. of the Penguins. Yes, but it... It was the most fitting thing you could possibly ask for, I think, as a Penguins fan. You beat you beat the Flyers that game, even though the Flyers took a lead, the, fire, the Flyers collapsed and lost in overtime. Uh, so, you know, Penguins fans are already riding high on the fact that they beat the Flyers. And then, of course, Sidney Crosby scores his big goal and you get to celebrate. Um, so it just, it, you know, it, it was the perfect complete package probably for Penguins fans. And, you know, like I, much like Marie Philippe Poulin, I respect Sidney Crosby, but God, do I hate him. (laughs) But I respect him. I love watching him play. He's a fantastic player and one of the best we'll ever see uh, of this generation. And, you know, I hope Penguins fans, much like Canada, I hope they know how lucky they are to have somebody like him. Uh, Because for a while, it wasn't looking good for that franchise. And then, he, you know, his presence completely turned around the franchise and made it into, you know, one of the best the NHL has. So... You know, I I don't know if you have any other words to say on Crosby, because uh, you know, it, I probably have more to say because I have a long history with him, uh, and he never he was never I never was endeared to him growing up. Uh, he scored the gold medal goal for Canada in the Olympics, uh, so it's just been it's just been a very miserable week for me in terms of uh, bringing up olympic pain we've had some good moments though in the united states but uh at least on the hockey side all i can think of is man Sidney crosby and marie philippe poulin great hockey players but god please leave me alone (laughs) please stop tormenting me i can't do this anymore but i think my soul has been broken enough over the years so i don't know do you have any thoughts on crosby yeah, I think what you were talking about, you felt like it should have happened sooner with Crosby hitting the 500 goal mark. I feel like we're at a point now where we all forget that Crosby missed like the equivalent of over two seasons due to injury in his prime years. Like started by Davis Steckel's dirty hit that I to this day say is it's total BS that it was an accident. And then the fact that the Penguins allowed him to play the next game and he got crunched by Victor Hedman. And then they thought it was a concussion for a long time, and it was, but also he had a broken neck. They just didn't diagnose for, like, two years. Like, Sidney Crosby's career hung in the balance of stupidity for a long time, and he essentially scored through his prime about .56 goals per game and missed something like 165 games through his prime years, which is nuts. Like... He could theoretically, if he had been healthy throughout his career, we'd probably be talking about like 600, 650 goals right now. Yeah. Which is, of course, not the same level as Ovi, but 
the fact is nobody in history is on the same level as Ovi. Yeah, they're two different players. I mean, I know the comparisons still are kind of there and, you know, were at the least at the beginning of their careers because, you know, that's how it always works in hockey. But they're two incredible players that have two different skill sets and will be remembered, you know, for different things, but will be remembered as incredible hockey players at the end of the day. And that's what Crosby is. And I know that his time with the Penguins is coming to an end in the near future uh it's at least more tangible than it has you know has been in the past and you know the penguins are really good this year and they're at least you know contenders for you know a top spot in the east or at least you know a top spot in the metro they're they've been they've been really good um the after the first couple months of the season and you know we all I was predicting the Penguins would, you know, drop off a cliff soon, but it ha- they haven't. And part of that has been, you know, Sidney Crosby's leadership, uh, but also their, you know, next man up mentality. Um, but that, that all stems, you know, from what Crosby brings to this Penguins team. And it's really been incredible. I'm sad that we missed so much time with him um, and with all the injuries because, you know, it, you never want to see a player injured and what Crosby's had to go through over his career. It could have stopped his career. It, re- it really could have. And we're lucky to have seen him play for as long as we have. And here's to at least a handful of more years with him. And I don't want him to win another Stanley Cup because he's had, he's had enough. But, you know, if he can go out at least on some sort of high note uh, at the end of his career, that'd be great because he absolutely deserves it. He's a hell of a hockey player. Just please stop being a thorn in my side. <laughs> please uh all right so that'll at least end our hockey talk we're going to uh switch to our pop culture segment that we do every episode um to you know round out a pretty short episode because uh, some of us have stuff to do but i think we've covered all that we have needed to cover and like i said it's been all olympics all the time and i wanted to spend the majority of the hockey time talking about the olympics because there have been some big news and i needed to get some feelings out so we'll move on to our pop culture segment right after this this episode is brought to you by rock auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right. Filling out the final segment um, of our episode today for the week is our pop culture segment. So I'm just going to briefly mention, by the time you guys hear this tomorrow, most likely, uh, I will be playing the sequel to uh, one of my favorite uh, video games in the last, you know, five to ten years, Horizon Forbidden West. Uh game looks absolutely gorgeous on playstation 5 i've tried not to look up too much about it um because i want to you know savor all the visuals and stuff uh, and see all the new stuff uh for myself when i get there but i've had to you know sneak a little bit of a peek at certain you know 
like, you know, landscapes and stuff. And it looks absolutely gorgeous. I'm ready to get my face melted off with PlayStation 5 graphics. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to not caring about sports uh, for a handful of days because I feel like sports is all I have cared about uh, over the last two weeks. So it'll be nice to have a good break, uh, dive into an open world game. Um, if you're a fan of the first one, uh, I'm everything I've seen, at least from reviews, basically says it improves on a lot from the first game. And so if it's, you know, more of that open world goodness uh, you want, the game's going to have it. And I'm really excited uh, to play it. But what about you, Andrew? What do you, what have you got for us? I mean, I haven't had much time really to, yeah, to get into fair. the pop culture stuff. I have been watching Peacemaker with uh, my wife and that's been pretty good. I mean, it's James Gunn. It's as expected pretty much. It's like, absurd a little bit gory and then it has like a heart to it which is always good john cena is surprisingly decent at acting uh the intro to the show is an all-timer uh choreographed dance number which is stupid and hilarious other than that um the doctor strange trailer has been like dominating my thoughts over the last couple of days since the super bowl yeah it looks so intense Uh, i am very ready for more Wanda Maximoff after WandaVision. Yeah, her like quote where she's like, you know, you mess with time and I and do become it the hero. hero and I do it and become the villain. I'm like, go off, go yeah, off. And Wanda. that doesn't sound fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can tell she's going to go a little bit nuts, but she's right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, good for her. Good for her. Um, and you're right. We didn't talk about that trailer because it happens like the Super Bowl had started and it was like either right before the Super Bowl, right at the beginning. Um, we didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about the Lord of the Rings Amazon uh, TV show teaser trailer thing. Uh, I'm not I've, I've only watched the Lord of the Rings movies and obviously the Hobbit movies. I've read some of the books, but I don't know, you know, the lore. But I think it looks interesting. I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I'm obviously all here for more, you know, high fantasy TV. I should watch, you know, Wheel of Time because that is right in my wheelhouse. Um, but it looks it looks neat. Um, I hope that, you know, I hope that's good for, you know, the sake of uh, Lord of the Rings fans, because we don't hear about them on the same level as like, you know, Star Wars or Marvel fans, but they have a very they rabid intense. fan base, but they, they are intense uh, from yeah. what I have seen. Uh, so, you know, I hope things are good. Uh, I'll probably check it out because I really enjoy Lord of the Rings. And I think Howard Shore is back for this. Like he's scoring it, um, yes, he is. which is incredibly exciting because the Lord of the Rings soundtrack is one of the most beautiful scores i've heard in my life uh i would definitely check out there's some some like video essays on why it's so impactful um and just you know the music feels so nostalgic and those movies i mean they're they're old ish but like they're not that old comparatively but you know listening to the music makes me long for you know a time and place i've never been to uh so you know what it is about the lord of the rings movies that like continually makes me come back to them and we usually we, we didn't this year because we have the kids and it's like a little bit tougher to watch you know nine and a half hours of movie mm-hmm. but what makes me always come back to them is there's something about those stories that are so pure if you know what i mean like so much about it is about like brotherhood and standing up for one another and uniting to the, for the common good. And it's like, it's cheesy in parts. Like if you look at it from a distance, but it, it embraces itself and, and the message that they're trying to go forward. And I feel like we're in a time where a lot of action movies are very jaded about like heroism and, 
what that means. And it's kind of like in the early 90s in comics when everything got focused around the anti-hero. And to be just a hero was kind of like lame. And I, I look back at Lord of the Rings and I don't know if those movies would be made today in the way that yeah. they were then. And there's, they really there's, have a heart to them. They do. And they're really beautiful. And, you know, you look at like just the cinematography is breathtaking yeah. to this day. And like some of the effects don't hold up as well. But considering they're 20 years old now, which is wild, it's absolutely wild. And I will continue to go back to them in the soundtrack. Yes, like you mentioned, same, are, oh. same. And you're right about, you know, the message they send. There really is something so pure, so heartwarming, wholesome about, you know, the way, you know, all the characters in that, you know, face their face their demons, come together to unite to unite to a common cause. There there are better words than I can think of right now, but it's it's a phenomenal series of movies about, you know, belief and never giving up and, you know, overcoming adversity. I hate to, you know, boil it down to the bare basics. Uh, yeah, but, but you know, it, it it's an incredible trilogy of movies. The Hobbit, I know a lot of people are mixed on. Um and I, there's a reason why I don't go back to those as frequently as I do Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's hard to capture that kind of magic uh, that they made with those films. Uh, so I hope at least the Amazon series does something to try and capture similar magic to, you know, the original film. So we shall see. But yeah. that's all we have for you today on the Crosscheck NHL show. It's part of Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to follow us on your podcast platform of choice from Apple to Odyssey to Spotify and YouTube. And write and review us while you're at it. You can follow the pod at Crosscheck NHL on Twitter. Me and Mary C. Clark on Twitter, and Andrew at Andrew Berkshire on Twitter. Thanks for making the Crosscheck NHL show your first listen every Tuesday and Friday. We'll be back on Tuesday with some more puck talk, but now make your second listen Locked on Bets. Locked on Bets, your daily one stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.